Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We've been doing this series of podcasts called Shields Up. And the idea behind Shields Up is that we look at something we studied this past Sunday and we look at how the devil would like to trip us up based on what we just learned. And this past Sunday, we looked at 1 Peter 1, the end of chapter 1, starting in verse 22. And then we bled into chapter 2 and we looked up to verse 3. And a lot of it had to deal with the Word of God and how important and valuable that is to our lives. But I thought about going the angle of how we devalue the Word of God in our day and age. And it is devalued. I think it's greatly devalued. But I feel like we've gone that angle already. And so I had a direction I thought I was going to go. And then sometimes when you're doing a podcast, a new direction is given to you. So I want to talk about this word this word that used to be valuable and, and important and a good word, a wholesome word, a word that a lot of us looked up to and used in our lives to to represent something good. But somewhere along the line, this word changed. And I'm not sure I realized how drastically this word changed until I actually looked it up in the dictionary and realized there's two different definitions for this word that I believed for a long time. There was only one. And maybe you won't be shocked when I read the definitions for this word and even tell you what the word is, but I was a little shocked by this. And then I thought about it going, well, yeah, actually, that kind of is how it is today. And I won't keep you guessing any longer. The word is commitment. Commitment. Back in the day, I believe commitment had a good connotation. It meant good things like uh, dedication and devotion. It meant loyalty and faithfulness and fidelity. But somewhere along the line, as I mentioned, commitment turned into sort of an ugly word. I probably was there and a part of changing this word into a bad word because in the early part of my 20s and college age period, I was taking the word commitment and and changing it myself. And I was making it into a, a bad word instead of a good wholesome word because commitment to me meant something very different. And I'm, I'm going to read you the two definitions that I found for commitment, and you'll understand where I'm coming from. The first one, which I believe you guys would agree with, the word commitment can mean the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or an activity. Do you see that? That's a good thing. That's a wholesome definition. The state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. And again, I gave you some of the synonyms already. Dedication, devotion, allegiance, loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity. These are good things. If we are dedicated to an important cause or activity and we're loyal and faithful, that's a good thing. But there's a second definition for commitment. A second definition that sort of, I don't know, had me scratch my head a little bit. And I want to read this definition for you and have us think about it today and then take us back to 1 Peter 1 where it talks about really important things. Listen to the second definition of commitment. It says, an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Wow. An engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Do you see how different that is than the first definition? The state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity The second definition for commitment is an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Do you see the perspective change between the two definitions? One is like, yes, 
I get to be dedicated to a cause. I get to be loyal and allegiant and devoted and faithful to a cause and an activity. You know, the idea that I'm bringing up is marriage. You know, yes, marriage is a good thing. I want to be devoted to my wife. I want to be loyal to my wife. I want to be faithful to her. But look at the second definition and consider marriage. An engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Commitment. The synonyms for this one are very different. Responsibility. Obligation. Duty. Burden. Pressure. Liability. Isn't that alarming? Isn't that shocking that the two definitions for commitment are so polar opposite from each other? One is... I get to, and the other one is, I have to, and I'm enslaved to it. And if you'll humor me here, I think that kind of makes sense with how some people treat the word commitment. Some people look at commitment as if it's a really good thing. I want to be committed. I'm loyal. I'm faithful. I'm the person you could depend upon. I'm a person who loves commitment. If I say yes to something, man, I'm loyal to it. And that's a good trait, right? That's something you would like to put on your resume. I'm, I'm a committed person. I'm loyal. I'm faithful. But if you take that other commitment definition, it becomes very enslaving and claustrophobic that if you do make a commitment, now you're trapped. Now you're trapped. And I told you before, I was the type of person that was helping change the definition of commitment. Um, when I was younger, uh, I didn't like commitment. I didn't like it because, I again, I thought definition number two was, was more so for what I thought of when it meant commitment, uh, an obligation, a duty, a burden, a pressure. I didn't like committing to jobs long term. You know, I, I took jobs back in the day and sort of wanted to, you know, test the waters and see if it was something I was going to like and something that was going to work within my schedule, something that was going to pay me good. And if it didn't, I wanted to be able to get out of that job, whatever I thought was right. Uh, same with relationships. I started dating and, you know, getting to know girls and dating girls and things like that. But, you know, again, I just wanted to test the waters. I didn't want to get too close to commitment because I knew what commitment meant. If I get too close and I commit too early, I'm going to be trapped. So I always had an exit strategy, an exit strategy for a job, an exit strategy for a dating relationship. I wanted to make sure I could get out. If I had to, I didn't want to be trapped and claustrophobic. I mean, even things like I didn't want to go to concerts. I didn't want to go into traffic. I didn't want to get anywhere in my life and commit too heavily that I couldn't get out of it. And maybe you're wondering where I'm going with this. First Peter 1, as we go back to the Word of God here, says in verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere or fervent love of the brethren, love one another with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word of, by the gospel that was preached to you. As I looked at the first Peter, I saw a lot of serious things. I see things like purified soul. That's a really serious thing. We know from scripture that our souls were black and dark and sin cursed and sin stained and they had to be cleansed. And 
thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, our souls have been purified. They have. They've been cleansed. They've been made whiter than snow, it says. So that's a really serious thing when you look in the Word of God and see your soul has been purified. It's been cleansed. It wasn't that way, and now it is. You could stand before God in confidence because of your pure soul. Again, thanks to Jesus Christ. They see things like sincere and fervent love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's really serious. That's not just a love that you do on the side. That's not just a here and there kind of thing. Sincere and fervent love means it takes everything, all of you. I see a word like born again. Born again, we just talked about this at our Keystone College Bible study this past Sunday. Born again is a brand new person. It's a new creature. It's it's a person that gets to reboot and start over. All their sins are gone. They have new desires and new habits and new practices and new loves and new hates. They're brand new. And that's a really serious thing. And in order to be born again, once again, Jesus had to die. Jesus had to resurrect from the grave. Jesus had to come inside of us by his Holy Spirit. He had to save us. He had to redeem us, deliver us from Satan's domain. These are really serious things. And then I see this, the incorruptible word of God. It says, the flesh, the, the glory of man will fade. It's, it's here like a flower of the grass, and then it withers and it falls away. But the word of God is incorruptible. And it says in verse 25, it endures forever. These are serious things. These are serious things that you find in First Peter. And I, I feel like sometimes in the Christian life, the devil wants us to change that idea of commitment from what it started as, is a good, wholesome word. A word that brought up ideas of loyalty and faithfulness and fidelity and devotion. And change it to all of a sudden it sounds suffocating and claustrophobic. And that you can't really go all in because going all in is, is scary and restricting and enslaving. And I feel like I did this too in my younger days as I treated the word of God the same way I treated everything else. One foot in, one foot out. Because I wanted to make sure I had an exit strategy. I wanted to make sure that if this thing got a little too hard, that I could bail and go to something a little easier. But this is what's so interesting in verse 24. And if we can wrap our heads around this, I think we could put our shield up to the devil and say, you're wrong. Devil, you're wrong. I don't have to treat commitment like a bad thing. I don't have to have one foot in and one foot out. I don't need an exit strategy. Because look at what verse 24 says. All flesh is like grass. And the glory of the excuse me, the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. See what's so interesting about the devil is he loves to just simply turn the tables. He loves to make it sound like when we follow Christ and we we do all these things that God expects of us, that we're the ones that are actually losing out. We're losing out on fun here upon the earth and joy and happiness and our own desires being met and our own glory being sought after. And, you know, following Jesus Christ means you lose a lot of things. And, and again, if you want to follow Christ for the sake of eternal life, that's a good thing. But, you know, make sure you've got an exit strategy in case it's too hard. And all the devil is doing is flipping it around because it's the exact opposite of what he's actually saying to us. What he's saying to us is the word of God is temporary. The word of God and its glory will fade and fall away. 
But the word of God says the exact opposite. And it really comes down to who you're listening to. Do you listen to God or do you listen to the devil? Because God says it's the flesh. It's the glory of man that's like the flower of grass. One day it will wither and it will fall away. And the word of the Lord is the one that endures forever. So if you believe the word of God and you believe God to be true, and, and I do, then basically what he's saying to you is you need to commit for the sake of your own soul. Because if you commit to Christ and you commit to this Christian life that we've been given, you're not going to fade one day. You're not going to wither one day. You're not going to fall away like the flower of grass one day. But if we if we consider what the devil is trying to make us think, then it's like, no, I don't know. You know, the word of God, it's got some good things. Christianity has some good things. Everybody wants to go to heaven, of course. But you can't be all in. Because what if? What if it's too hard? What if it's not that great? Uh, what if the what if the world, we find out the world has better stuff and you miss out on all of it? And we need to think about this today because there are so many people today that are not willing to be committed to Christianity, committed to Christ, all in for Jesus. And I think the reason is they don't believe what Peter is saying here, that the flesh is like grass and the glory of man is like the flower of grass. And one day it's going to wither and fall away. I don't believe that. But it's true. And when we commit to the word of God, we're getting off of the sinking ship. And that's exactly what we need to focus our minds upon today. That commitment is good for our soul. It's good for us. If we commit to the world, because really there's only two options. We commit to Christ or we commit to the world. You have to be on one team. No one's ever successfully really had one foot in each camp. In fact, the word of God says it's impossible to serve two masters. You either serve the flesh or you serve Christ. So if you're not serving Christ, you're serving the flesh. It's that simple. So you're picking a team every single day of your life. You're picking a team to commit to Christ and the word of God that is incorruptible and unfading and enduring forever or the flesh which withers and falls away and the glory goes away one day and all the fun all the joy that the world has is taken from you and you're left with absolutely nothing see back in the day when i wanted an exit strategy i wanted to be able to get out of things that were hard or constricting or you know suffocating in some way because i wanted to be able to go back to what i thought was good if what I was headed towards wasn't as good. And I must have done that a dozen times with different relationships and jobs and things. I, I got in and, and got out because I had an exit strategy. And I found myself for about 10 to 12 years living life that way. And what I was actually doing is every time I would get out of a commitment that I had made, I went back to something worse because my life was going nowhere. I was spinning my wheels all the fun that I didn't want to leave, all the joy that I thought I had, I didn't want to lose. I was actually losing those things by not committing. I could have had a family. I could have had a job. I could have been helping people. I could have been a leader like God had made me to be. I could have been serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but I didn't want the commitment. I didn't want the, the bad, constraining, constrictive kind of feeling. And so 
I abandon it for things that right now aren't anything to me. The happiness and the joy and the so-called fulfillment I thought I was leaving back in the day, that glory is now gone. Whatever I lived for in my early 20s, I don't have that anymore. That happiness is gone. That glory has faded. That, that grass has fallen away. And if I would have taken that and lived for Christ and sought after things of eternal value, I would still be reaping a harvest from those years. And I'm not. I look back and I wasted a lot of time and all of those things are gone. And yes, there's a lot of lessons I can take now and use them in my life, and I'm thankful for that, but I basically proved this passage that my lack of commitment was hurting me and was hurting others, and most importantly, was hurting God. And I was losing out. I was living for the glory of man. I was living for the flower of the grass. And I didn't realize that there comes a season when that glory fails and that flower falls away, and you're left with nothing. And I think there's many of us today, I think this idea of commitment is, is even more stronger today, definition number two, than definition number one, where it feels like an, an obligation, that it restricts freedom of action. You don't want to commit to the Word of God because, you know, what if? What if you're lonely? What if it's hard? What if Jesus Christ asks things of you? You know, what if what if all your friends are having fun and doing great things and then you're not because you have to follow Jesus Christ? And isn't Christianity sometimes that way, depicted that way? And we have to change that. Man, we got to put our shield up and say to the devil, are you kidding me? The flower of the grass falls away, devil. This ship that I'm on called the world in the flesh is like the Titanic taking on a crazy amount of water. It's going down. And you're telling me right now that I shouldn't commit to the life raft? Because what if? What if the what, food's not as good? What if the band's not as good? What if they're not as many friends? What if it's not as comfortable? But you're helping me lose focus of the fact that this ship is going under. If I stay on this ship, I'm going to drown. So I can and I should commit completely because what I'm committing to is life, life, eternal life, eternal joy, eternal security, eternal hope. And the devil just loves to flip the table and say, no, 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 no. You're leaving a lot of good things. Don't commit because you're leaving so much good. And he's lying. The things that we're leaving from this world and from this flesh are not good. They're hurtful. They're harmful. Their glory will fade. Their flower will fall. But the word of the Lord, if we commit ourselves to Christianity, if we become devoted and dedicated and allegiant and loyal and faithful and all of these things to Christ, we will find something, that, which is which I found when I turned myself finally to Christ and stayed that course. This is where I should be. This is where I need to be. This is where all the joy is. I wish I had known that before. And all I can do now is sort of pass that on to my hearers, to my listeners, and hope that you'll understand that commitment to Christ is where you need to be. Get off of the fading flower. Get off of the glory of man and the glory of flesh. It's going down. It's fading. God has told us it's not going to last. 
You can have fun for a couple years, and then all you're going to have for the rest of eternity is regret. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to have joy and happiness and security forever. And therefore, you and I need to change commitment from restricting action to loyalty and dedication and faithfulness. And all of those things will bring joy and security to our soul if we realize that we're dedicated to the one who lives forever, the one who loves us more than anyone could possibly love us, the one whose glory cannot fail, Christ Jesus. So this exit strategy, this one foot in, one foot out Christianity, it doesn't work anyways. It's a fraud anyways. But even if we're trying to do that today, we need to realize Christ has everything we've ever wanted and needed. And we just need to listen to the word of God that purified our soul, that caused us to be born again, that it causes us to live and endure forever just like the word of God and allows us a purpose on this earth, which is to build and advance the kingdom of God. So which commitment are you looking at today? The one that's an obligation and restricts freedom of action or the one that says to you, I can be loyal to the King of Kings. I can live and abide forever with the King of Kings. He has purified my soul. He has caused me to be born again. He has removed my sins away from me. I'm getting off this ship called the world in the flesh and I'm getting on to this ship called Christ Jesus that will live and abide forever and I'm not looking back. I pray that would be the way you'd look at it today and you would finally and fully, if you need to, commit to Jesus Christ for the rest of your life. Blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.